Hey friend, we're Lisa Lord and Sarah Jacobson, and this is the Christian Business Breakdown, a podcast for faith-led business owners to start, build, and scale their business, all without second-guessing their every move. We're former teachers turned business owners who finally broke down and let go of trying to run our businesses the way everyone said we should. If you're ready to become the expert in your business and stop trying to do all the things, we've got you covered. You can start with Sarah or level up with Lisa all right here on this one podcast. It's time to set aside your never-ending to-do list, pop in your earbuds, take a deep breath, and join us each week. We equip you with the tools and skills you need to be an empowered CEO, discerning the best strategies to maximize impact and income for your unique business. And we even have a little fun along the way. We love practical business strategies, Jesus, and keeping it real. It's time to break it down. We have a special treat for you on today's podcast. Joining us today is Barbara LaPaula with Jace Accounting Solutions, which offers CFO services plus bookkeeping to small business owners. If all of that talk about accounting just made your head spin, then this episode is perfect for you. Barbara is helping us break down the importance of looking at your numbers in your business. You simply can't avoid this, even if you're afraid, if you want to be successful. She's also sharing about her journey as an accountant, mom, and now small business owner. Her goal is to serve women entrepreneurs and help them be empowered by their numbers rather than fearful of them. I am so excited for you to listen to today's episode. Barbara, welcome to the Christian Business Breakdown. We're so glad you're here. If you will just take a minute to tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, who you are, what you do, who you serve, all that stuff. Yes. So I was actually born and raised in Fort Worth, Texas, and I moved to Colorado about 20 years ago. So I feel like I'm a native. I just declare myself that. I've been a licensed CPA for over 10 years. And I met my husband actually in my first job in public accounting. And so he's a CPA as well. So you can only imagine our riveting dinner conversations. Um, <laughs> we have <laughs> we have four kiddos together and they are the driving force behind Jace Accounting. And actually they make up the name of Jace Accounting. So the first initial of each of their names and birth order make up Jace. Oh. Did not plan, that when I named them that, I did not plan for that, but it just worked out really well. And so um, for the past four years, I have been providing outsourced accounting solutions to online entrepreneurs, you know, and more recently in the past couple of years, I actually went out on my own and I'm doing this outsourced accounting solutions for female entrepreneurs is my main focus. And so I'm all about empowering female entrepreneurs with their numbers. I think knowing your numbers can empower you to make great financial decisions for your business. And so I'm passionate about it. Oh my gosh, I love that. That's awesome. And that is just, I think, a part of business that people get overwhelmed with. So I think there's a real need for that of knowing your numbers and being empowered. And many of our listeners really do have that deep desire to be empowered CEOs, to be an expert in their business. How do you think you've done that for yourself in this process of kind of stepping out on your own and creating this business? I think numbers is the foundation of, like I said, many business decisions. And obviously, as an accountant, I have that covered. However, I think that, you know, there is the shared goal of freedom of time. And I feel like as entrepreneurs, I relate to a lot of entrepreneurs in that same goal. And so I'm also a huge advocate in paying myself first. And so and, and same with you, I want you to pay yourself first. And so I've created a business that is really focused on paying myself first and and knowing my numbers. My goal is also to 
as I said earlier, to help businesses know their numbers and give them digestible information so that they can be empowered. And I think that we just kind of ignore our numbers because we don't know what to do with them. And then we feel less empowered because we know we should, but then we don't know what to do with it. And so I love that you say, I make accounting and business finances less intimidating. And I think we all need a little bit more of that. How would you say that you do that for your clients and helping them know their numbers, helping them dig into that, helping them to be empowered, you know, wanting to get that freedom of time. How does that work for you to help people make those numbers less intimidating? I encourage my clients to start with their personal goals, right? We start with personal goals versus business goals. I think so often we just think about business like I want to, I want to make X revenue. And so at the end of the day, though, that kind of can lead you down the a path that you may not really enjoy for your personal life and could lead to burnout, lots of hours. So you might have hit that revenue goal, but at what cost? So I say, what is your personal goals? And so usually that is, I want more time with my family, but I also want to make some money too. And so we kind of combine those goals and we reverse engineer from our personal goals back into our business goals. What do we need from the business in order to give you the personal life that you want, right? And so one thing I encourage uh, my clients is to face your numbers head on. That is the first, that's the first thing, right? We get so scared, so we just avoid it. Well, avoidance is not how we run our businesses. Not for very long, at least. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's getting comfortable just looking at them. And so in that, you'll find that just opening up, if you're using accounting software, if you're using a spreadsheet, just looking at them kind of takes away the fear of, because it's really the fear of unknown. Anyway, so the first goal is to start with your personal goals. We reverse engineer into your business goals and we look at your numbers. And then with that, I come alongside my clients and I'm helping them through it, right? Because there is that, what does this mean? And there is that hesitation and, and fear really. And so I help make it so that it's digestible information for them. And so I might use different term terminology that is accounting related, but I make sure that my clients understand what it means because I don't want to make it so watered down that if they go and speak to someone else who's maybe further along in their business or maybe has more business uh, lingo. I don't know how else to say that, but I don't want them to be like, wait, they said gross revenue. What does that mean? And I'm sitting here saying, I've just been talking to you about sales, sales, sales. There's so many different terminology. And I think that's also what gets us in that paralysis state where we're like, they say these weird terms and it's just like a foreign language to me. So what I really do is I give you the foreign language and I decode it for you as well. And after over time, after clients work with me for a few months, they kind of start picking up on there's multiple ways to say the same thing, like when you discuss revenue or profit and whatnot. So yeah, I think it's just more so coming alongside them and really walking them through it. And they're not having to do it alone, which takes away even more fear and uncertainty. Taxes, money, all that stuff in your business is stuff that can be really overwhelming. And there's a lot, you're right, there's a lot of terms that people just don't understand. I know personally for me, I just sometimes I get into that and I'm like, nope, done. Shut the computer because I'm like, I don't know what this means. I don't know how to figure this out. Yeah. And it just gets really frustrating. One of the things that you said in here that really hit me that I love so much, and we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast, is that sometimes it's so frustrating. So many people are talking about you need more money, you need more money, you need more money. Mm -hmm. And they don't realize that that is, it costs you somewhere. 
And so yes. I love that you talk about using the freedom and like, where do you want your time? And it, is, it isn't all about you have to hit six figures or seven figures or this much money a month or whatever. It's it's like you have to figure out what you want your life to look like yes. and then build that. So I love that. Can you tell me a little bit about like your journey of like doing this job for another firm? And then how did you decide to go out on your own? And how's that going for you? My quest for freedom of time really has been an evolution over the past 10 years. So I think though it became a priority for me once I had my first child back in 2015. I think that happens for a lot of moms, right? We have that first kiddo and all of a sudden our priorities totally shift in a lot of different areas in our life. So for me, when I was in public accounting, it was expected that you were going to work 60 to 80 hour weeks for like five months out of the year. Oh, and so- yeah. And, and it's funny because looking back, I remember graduating college and I was like, I would never go into public accounting. I'm not going to work those hours. And then it was like, and here I am. I'm on my first job, you know, because after a while, I realized really quickly that in order to get that first job, you really did need that public accounting experience. Or that's just what I was finding. I was graduated college coming out of a recession or into a recession. And so, you know, I couldn't be picky anymore. Anyway, long story short, ended up in public accounting and the expectation was to work 60 to 80 hours a week and then had my son in 2015 and reassessed my goals and said, I cannot do this, especially having a husband who's doing the same thing. Right. So here we are both working these hours and who's going to take care of the baby? Baby's not taking care of himself, right? So then I tried to make public accounting still work for my family by going to my firm and saying, I would like to do a reduced work schedule. Well, reduced work schedule in public accounting is 40 hours a week. So it's still also crazy. Like it's insane. Yeah. Yes. And you're taking a huge cut in pay. So I mean, mm -hmm. it's yeah. So it's one of those things where you're like, wait, is this worth it? But even then I found out in public accounting as well, it is a get the job done at whatever cost. And so then I kept finding myself working more like 50 hours a week. So I still was not getting that 40 hours a week. And here I am and I, I'm salaried. So I've taken this cut in pay. It doesn't matter how many extra hours I work. It's just like a, you know, kudos to you. So anyway, I said, there's got to be a better way. Way. So that's kind of become my quest. And so um, eventually I ended up joining forces with some former colleagues of mine in 2019. And we started our own firm providing outsourced accounting solutions. And it, it seemed really great. It was part time for me. So it was only like 20 hours a week because we just didn't have the demand there yet. And so it was it met the time freedom goals and money goals that I had for my family. And then, you know, two years into that, we ramped up, which is always the goal, right? You want to increase your revenue. That's but with that, I knew that I needed to step up and put in some more hours. And I convinced myself that, oh, well, I'm a partner. This is my company. So I will find fulfillment in working those extra hours. And I'm going to be okay with it because like I said, it's mine. And maybe this extra revenue will give me the ability to do some really fun vacations with the kids and whatnot. You know, so I, I kind of like talked myself into getting away from that freedom of time goal of mine, right? Soon after, about six months after I went back to like 40 hours a week, I was like, this is not what I want. And I knew you have that, I had that pit in my stomach where something wasn't right. And I thought maybe it's just because I'm nervous, like we've got new clients and we don't want to, we want to make sure we're creating raving clients and not clients who are like, what are you doing? I don't, we don't want to work with you anymore. And so there was this trying to decipher where that feeling was coming from. 
And I quickly realized it was because I was going against my personal goal of spending more time with my family. And so it's really funny, actually, how God played a massive role in this, because there were so many things you can't even make up some of the things I faced in those six months. So like first, I'd get that pit in my stomach, right? It's not going away. It's getting stronger and stronger, which I consider that the Holy Spirit saying, this isn't right. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, you know, I, my business partner, if you will, was God, you know, my personal business partner. So I'm sitting here thinking, you put me in this role. You led me into this. It sounded great. It was it was working out great. And he was like, this is not where we're going to eventually be. And so certain things happened in that, my partnership that, like I said, you can't make it up. And it just didn't make any sense. Like I couldn't make any sense of it. And I think it was God saying, I'm trying to point you in the right direction. I'm giving you these, these situations that don't make sense that you need to run, you know? And one day I got to a point and I talked to my husband and I said, look, I think God is telling me that I need to, I need to move on from this company, but how do you quit a company that you are a partner in? It is like a marriage that you started, right? Yes, (laughs) exactly. And so, and now I was a minority partner in the partnerships. It was a little bit different in that I didn't have as much say in the business as much as I wanted to. So that was part of one of the issues. It became the, this situation where I was talking to my husband and I said, this is the time I need to I need to move away from this company but I didn't know exactly how being that partner mm-hmm. ultimately I prayed to God and I was like hey I think you've been giving me some really bold signs that I need to move on but I really want you to like please help me make this transition cuz I don't even know where to begin do I approach my business partners do I wait for them to say something it was just this weird in between space that I was in And I'm not kidding you, a few days later, I get an email on like a Saturday evening from my business partner. And he's like, hey, would you have any interest in me buying you out? It seems like we kind of want different things. And I was like, what? And I mean, I like screamed. I did like a little scream with glee of glee, you know. Um, And I told my husband, I said, oh, my goodness, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. And he was like elated for me as well. And usually like someone who would get that email would be, you know, put off by that. They might get attorneys involved and all these things. And like they wouldn't respond right away. I took like an hour (laughs) and I responded. I was like, yes, I'm in. Then I decided ultimately that I was going to start my own firm and I wanted to keep the focus being that freedom of time. Obviously, I wanted to make money as well. And so there was that. But I knew based off of where I've been, my history, I was like, I cannot go down this rabbit hole chasing the money, right? I need to make sure I've got that freedom of time. Ultimately, that led me into creating my own firm. And for and for the past two years, I have been focused on keeping my hours at like 20 hours or less. And as I'm beginning to expand my company, I have hired a team so I can keep my numbers, my hours low and focus on revenue generating activities. So you're still serving your client, but it's not necessarily you that's doing it because you have built this team. And that's exactly. such a great way to do it. I love that you went on this whole journey. I think so often we see these stories online that it's like, I decided I was going to start a business. So I started a business. And now here a year later, I'm making six figures. But the reality is for most of us, for Lisa, for myself, in your story, it's this slow, long, gradual process, this revealing from God, Mm -hmm. what do you really want? And what does God really want for us? And we have to kind of go on that journey. And we can't 
we can't speed it up. We're on God's time to see revealed what he wants revealed Mm -hmm. for us to learn the lessons. Sometimes we're kind of hard headed. And I know for myself, like I've had to learn some lessons over and over. And like, I feel like God's like, and here we are again, Sarah, (laughs) back where we have to relearn this. You know, what are my priorities? My priorities are always time. My priorities are always family, being with family. And ultimately, my priority is always what does God want me to be doing? And it's just this process. And we have to be willing to kind of trust that process over years, not just months or weeks, but years. Yes. It just reminds me of the story of Gideon. Sarah and I talked about this the other day um, in some stuff we were going through, but that laying out the fleece of like, I don't know what I'm doing. I I think this is from you, but I'm not sure. Can you give me a sign? And I love that in this, I mean, God sometimes works that way. Doesn't always, unfortunately, because there's many a times where I'm like, please just give me a sign and nothing Mm -hmm. happens. But that God so clearly was like, here you go. Like, yes. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And we talk about that a lot too. When we pray and we ask God specifically, he is faithful to answer us. It's not always in our timing or the way we want it to, but he is faithful. And in your instance, it was literally an email of here's the answer to your prayer yes. laid out perfectly. And that is really amazing. So shifting just a little bit, as we talk about your industry, finance, accounting, small business owners, women who want to go into business. And, and Lisa and I talk about this too, of like a lot of times we want to go into business because we love what we do, like making cakes or taking photos or for me, coaching or teaching. We don't love the business side. Mm-hmm. And like we started at the beginning, we don't love the numbers. We try and avoid it. We don't mm-hmm. understand it. We don't understand, you know, gross revenue versus profits yes. and, you know, bottom line and all of that kind of stuff. But as you are working with people like us who are starting a business because we felt called, God's asked us to do this, what's the biggest mistake? that you're seeing people make in the industry, you know, maybe it's that we're just avoiding looking at the numbers, but, but what's that mistake that you're seeing people make in this industry as small business owners? I think the mistake that I commonly see is that they downplay that they have a business. They're like, oh, this is a hobby or, and guess what? Sometimes those hobbies can really take off really quickly. And all of a sudden you're, you've got a full fledged business. So I really encourage you, no matter what, if you're starting something, a side hustle, whatever you want to call it, and you are earning income from it, or even if you expect to make income from it shortly, but you're, you're incurring some expenses right away, I would encourage you to get your business bank account set up. And in order to do that, And I should probably back up. First thing I would say is get an LLC, get your LLC, Mm -hmm. get some liability protection, and then get a tax ID. People may not know what a tax ID is, but it's basically a social security number for your business. Super important. Mm -hmm. And it also helps so that you're not having to give out your social security number as you do business with vendors. So, and then you need those two things in order to set up a business bank account. Those are the huge things just to get started, but then also tracking your income and expenses on a spreadsheet. You don't have to get all fancy here. We're just talking like very high level and it's going to be a a lot easier for you if you do have a separate business bank account because that's where all your transactions are going to be. So even if you're not doing this necessarily on a monthly basis, you can always go back on a quarterly basis and catch up on your bookkeeping. But I do encourage you to also be looking at your numbers monthly. I feel like when you look at your numbers, it helps keep you accountable, really, right? And I think we avoid looking at our numbers so we're not being held accountable. So this is a way to hold hold yourself accountable without having like an outside coach and investing in that right off the bat. Those are some great ways to start 
start. And that's definitely some things we've talked about. We're we're big proponents for get your business bank account. I, I don't necessarily know all the like technical side like you do, but for me, it's just mostly about looking legit. Yes. <laughs> You're more legit when you've got a professional business bank account. You aren't sending it from your bank account. And like my bank account has my husband's name on it as well as mine. It's like, who's this guy? You know? Yes. So set up your business bank account. As people start getting their businesses set up, is there another mistake that they make in terms of like trying to do it themselves versus knowing when to actually outsource it? What what have you seen there? So I might be a little biased, but I think that one of your first steps that you need to make is to hire a bookkeeper. Once you are, now you don't necessarily need a CFO like services I provide, which I actually provide payroll bookkeeping and CFO services. I provide the whole gamut, but for depending on where you're at in your business, you may just need that bookkeeper. So many times I feel like businesses don't see the value in it. They feel like it's a check the box, make sure my, you know, my books are clean for tax time, but there is massive value in it. If you are looking at your numbers and you ask your, ask questions to your bookkeeper, you should be able to ask questions and say, Hey, what are some things I should be looking at? Can you walk me through my, my financials? And so that's the, one of the mistakes I see is that they're not outsourcing to that professional or that experts early enough. So the earlier you do it, the better it's going to be, because like I keep repeating, numbers are the foundation of your business. And so it is just key to have that expert brought in early enough. So would you recommend having somebody that is like a one-stop shop or do you recommend having a bookkeeper and like a C PA or, or or does it ma- does not matter? Like, tell us all the things. So I feel like uh, you know, one stop shop sounds amazing, right? You like who wants to go to like multiple grocery stores if you if you're baking a cake. However, in this scenario, I highly recommend that you choose experts that are an expert in each of these subjects. So like a tax expert as well as an advisory CFO expert. And so I kind of like to relate it to you wouldn't go if you needed brain surgery, you wouldn't go to a pediatrician, right? You're going to go to a neurologist. So it's the same thing in our industry. So many times I'll tell people I'm a CPA and then they like unload all of their tax questions. And I'm like, whoa, 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 stop there. (laughs) I am not an expert in tax. However, I actually did two years of tax prep many, many years ago. So I I can talk taxes with my clients and I can talk high level and kind of guide them along in that way. However, I do not file and prepare taxes. And that's a huge difference because those tax laws are changing every single year. There are more specific tax laws at the state level. And so it's impossible, or in my opinion, it's impossible to be an expert in both areas. However, you can also, like my former firm, um, one of my business partners was the tax CPA. He was tax focused. And he, and I could, I could quite honestly say, I can't do what you do. And he would say, and I can't do what you do. And so we had that mutual respect for each other's roles. That one-stop shop worked because we had two experts. Now, if you have one person who's who is saying they are an expert in both things, it could be possible. I'm not going to say it's impossible. I would just ask questions, clarifying questions and say, hey, what is your experience? Can I talk to some of your existing clients? And and find out too, I think it's more important that you want to know if they came from a tax background, because that takes many years. Like I'm talking, I would say that if someone's preparing my taxes, 
which fun, fun fact, I actually do hire a tax CPA to do my personal taxes. My husband and I, we could do them, but we're just like, you know what? Laws are constantly changing. And we recognize that this is something that we want to outsource to get the best tax savings. I think that it's important to know where they came from, if they've got like at least five years of tax preparation experience and versus they were in a advisory corporate accounting role, financial statement prep role, and now they're adding in taxes. That's where I would have some major reservations. Because like I said, when you are preparing taxes and filing them, you've got at least like five years and you're, you've been working underneath someone else. So you have a mentor. You're also you know up on the latest guidance and all that. So it's not just this, I'm going to start filing taxes. It's not that simple. When I'm going out there and I'm a small business owner, I've gotten started, I've got my bank account. Now I'm starting to make some revenue. How do I know when it's time to hire someone and who would be my first hire? So again, I'm biased, right? But I do think it's very important to have that someone in the number side of things. So that's that bookkeeper. Unless like this is something that you are really dialed in on and you understand the how to make a budget, how to forecast out your cash flow, kind of looking ahead and saying, where's my cash going to be six, 12 months from now? If you you could very well be that person. I have just found that very rarely is that the case or, you know, their time is better spent on revenue generating activities. And it's just one of those things that needs to be outsourced. But what I would say is if you are doing your first hire, like W2 employee, like you absolutely need to be having that accountant coming alongside you because now it's not just putting food on your table. Now you have the responsibility of putting food on someone else's table. And so with that, we have to be good stewards of our money as business owners. And doing that is making sure that we have that accountant who's going to look through and say, can you afford this new hire? First of all, right? Because sometimes I think we look at the, okay, hourly rate times X many hours. And we're like, that's the total cost. Nah, there's payroll taxes involved there's other things and you might eventually want to offer benefits and there there's some other things you have to think about and so i would again if you haven't already if you're going to have an outsourced accounting team that would be the first hire as a contractor that i would make and then i would then go from there and start looking into who who is my first hire and and that can be you know depending on the back to the personal goals right if you're wanting to work less hours okay what can you outsource what tasks can you take off your plate that's going to determine who that next role is going to be and then you can decide do you want someone who is revenue generating role like there's just so many different ways you can play it and so what i like to do is i kind of talk my clients through well let's think about let's talk about this what what are you ultimately what is your goal and how is this fitting into that and are we is this step that we're going to take in this new hire getting us closer to that goal or further away and we kind of just orchestrate it that way i love what you said at the beginning there was that really hiring someone to do the things that we don't know how to do it saves us time And ultimately, that's what you talked about at the very beginning is we go into business a lot of times to generate money, but also there's this time factor. I want more time with my family. I want more time to do Mm -hmm. the things that I enjoy doing. I want to serve at church. I want to be able to take walks and go for hikes. So this piece of our business of hiring a bookkeeper, hiring a CPA, hiring a, a tax accountant, that ultimately frees us up in our business and time and energy 
because we can outsource to experts to do the things that we've just been avoiding. And so I hadn't really thought about that Mm -hmm. that way before is there is the power of outsourcing simply because it takes some money and it does take some time to establish those relationships. But ultimately, it then frees me up because I don't have to do the things that I don't know anything about that I'm not an expert in. And the peace of mind, right? Like, you know that there is a peace of mind that I provide my clients by Mm -hmm. taking over their numbers and like coming alongside them too. So it's not only freeing up literally their time, but there is this mental load that I think we carry as business owners. And just knowing that someone else is looking at that and that they're going to elevate issues that maybe I weren't on on my radar is just a massive peace Mm -hmm. of mind as well. That's good. Okay. So let's play the game of I'm just starting my business. I'm not making a ton of money and I have to do a lot of this myself. How do I go about doing that? Like, are there some programs that you recommend? Like, how do I do that when I'm just, I'm just starting out and I'm not making enough revenue to hire somebody? Yeah, absolutely. So like I said earlier, it's just making sure we get that business bank account right away, right? We're not commingling personal and business. We are becoming more legit and it's not making it overcomplicating it. So go ahead and grab a spreadsheet. You can do Google sheets. You can have Excel, don't overcomplicate it. Just get your income down. Like, and especially when you're starting out, we're talking like you probably have maybe five transactions, could be a little less depending on if you're doing product-based versus service-based, but it shouldn't be, it shouldn't take that long. Now I do have, I have talked to small business owners who were like, hey, I'm using I do QuickBooks on my own. I'm like, kudos to you. Like, that's awesome. I actually had a short stint when in 2015, I decided to open up a little uh, online clothing boutique. And I knew what the end result, like what the financial statements should look like and all that. But I didn't know the process, like the journey to get there. I didn't know the bookkeeping part of things. And it was overwhelming to me. And I was obviously, I kind of had this like negative self-talk and saying, you should know this. You're an accountant. How can you not know this? But even I did not know how to do the proper bookkeeping. And like we talk about, we start these businesses where the last thing we want to do is the numbers and the bookkeeping. So I was like, well, that is just like energy draining. I'm going to, I've been doing numbers all day. And then I come home and this is my little side hustle. The last thing I want to do is numbers, right? And so anyway, there, there is some avoidance. And so I've been there too, but I, I highly recommend just do a spreadsheet, keep it simple. And if you want to level up a little bit, go ahead and use QuickBooks Online or you can use Zero. That's another one. It's spelled with an X, X-E-R-O. And so you can use that as well. So it's just really what what you want to do and how much time you want to invest in it. Okay. That's really helpful because I think some a lot of people are just side hustlers. You know, they're just getting things started and yes. it's like, I can't afford a CFO or accountant or anything. And so thank you. That's very helpful. Or even an expensive online program. Yes. It's like, I don't, I don't want to add a, another even $60 a year program that I don't understand and I have to take mental energy to, to learn how to use it. And yes. then it could just be discouraging when all you're doing is putting in negative numbers because you aren't making any money. But that's really when you need to start and be tracking it and get in that habit. Yes, that's why I highly recommend just do the spreadsheet because like I said, like I've even been in that position where I was like, uh, this would be much easier if I just kept to a spreadsheet versus trying to learn a software. And like you said, paying for that extra software when I'm in the negative right now, I'm not even making money yet. Well, this has been really helpful. Yeah, um, yeah. I just want to ask you, what would be the one thing that you want people to take away from what we've talked about today? Like what's the one big thing that you really want people to hear from today's episode? Starting with your personal goals and reverse engineering into those business goals. Because I feel like 
it's so often we focus on those business goals and then guess what a year from now we're burnt out we're wondering how did this get so out of our hands we are enjoying that revenue but we're not really enjoying it right because now it's come at a cost i'm not spending time with my family so i feel like if you can focus on the business goals and really help intertwine that with your business goal and help your business work for you that is crucial and it's going to set you up in a way that hopefully you're happy a year from now of starting your business. And then also I would say that businesses involve numbers. The numbers are the foundation of it all. So making that hire for the bookkeeper or if it's the CFO, whatever it may be, the accountant, there's a lot of different terminology or different roles out there, but bringing alongside an accountant into your business earlier than later is going to serve you well. That's great. That's good advice. And I love that idea of reverse engineering from your personal goals. We don't mm-hmm. do that enough. We just talk about what what's the revenue mm-hmm. you want to hit. We've had episodes, you know, about people are always talking about you got to get to 10K months, 10K months. And it's like, that might not be the ultimate mm-hmm. goal here uh, because there is a cost to doing that. And so I, I love that you have that advice. So thank you for that. At the end of our shows, when we have guests on, we love to ask them rapid fire. Are you ready for yes. us to ask you uh, some yes. rapid fire questions? Awesome. So the first question is, what What's the one thing you've consumed in the last month that has been life-giving to you? That could be a podcast, a book, a food, uh, a good meal, a TV show. Yes. So I actually heard a podcast recently by Judy Weber, and she's another Christian business podcaster. And um, she had her mastermind ladies on, and they were just giving some insight into what they've got, what they've gained from being in the mastermind. And one of the ladies said something that just really stayed with me and resonated with me. So she said that she was feeling guilt, that she was not content being a stay at home mom, that she was not content in just living off of what her husband brought home to the family. And so there was this guilt. And she realized, though, that God had planted the seed in her heart to have this business. And so when she reframed her mind around it and realized that, well, wait, I'm get, this is something that God has planted in my heart. And it's not that I'm discontent, discontented with my situation or not grateful for what I already have and that I'm just greedy and wanting more and more and more. It's no, it's because I've been called to do this. Mm-hmm. And that really resonated with me because it's something that I have struggled with since my having my first child where I'm like, what is wrong with you? Why can't you just be content with being the stay-at-home mom or just content, you know, like the other parents at my children's school? Like, why can't I be like them and just get a thrill over doing the carpool lane and doing the, you know, making dinners and all the things? And, um, and I think that's great. I think that's someone that could be someone's total calling, too. It's just that I've been called in a different way and it's of God and I shouldn't just feel the guilt Mm -hmm. for pursuing my dreams. Yeah, I love that. That's good. We feel guilty about things and we feel like we're greedy if we want want more. We forget that God calls us to different things. So yes. What's next for you to become the expert in your business? Like what's the next step for you? I feel like the area that I want to really hone in on is sales. I have never been in a role in my career of being in sales. So even at my former firm, like I didn't, that was another business partner's area of expertise. And so it's something that I think often as female business owners too, we're just like, well, I'm not going to be pushy. And I'm, you know, I know the value and the services I offer and all that. And, and I say the same things to myself, but I'm also like, well, if you don't talk about your services, then no one's going to buy your services because they won't know about your services. So that's the next step for me is really honing in on on the sales piece of things and, you know, making it be me, right. And not be not feeling inauthentic. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's good. What TV, movie, or book character do you most closely relate to? That's funny because I, I really couldn't, I was trying to think and I was like, I feel like my life is more like the Brady Bunch minus having Alice's help. Like my husband and I are Alice. So we just got a lot of kiddos and young, you know, we have four kiddos that are under age seven. So it's just kind of like crazy. And then I was thinking maybe cheaper by the dozen, you know, I don't know. It's basically a movie that's a big family with chaos. (laughs) We all need Alice in our lives. We would all be be better off with an Alice in our kitchen. (laughs) Uh, What is your favorite um, Bible verse or story? So my favorite story is Esther. She just, it's all about empowerment and stepping out of the line, you know, to stand up for what is right and what you believe in. And so she's just very encouraging. And I appreciate her confidence and her determination. Love Esther. That's great. Well, as we wrap up today, where can people find you? What's the best place for people to find you to connect with you um, and just learn more about the services that you do have? Yes. So you can find me at my website at jaceaccounting.com. And I have a blog on there so you can read all the different business tips. You can also find me on Instagram at Jace Accounting as well. You know, I do offer monthly services. And so if that's something that you find yourself being in, you're ready to take that next step, I can help you out there. I also offer a CFO for a day package. So if you're kind of like, hey, I need help, but I'm not ready to commit to like a monthly service, that is something I can also help you with. And we can work together, talk about your personal goals, your business goals, and help set up a plan for you to meet those in the next 12 months. And so I will help you do a budget, cash flow forecasting, different technical terms that you're probably like, what? But anyway, it's just something to come alongside you and get you to that next level in your business. And that is like a great way to, for those of us who don't really like to talk about those Mm -hmm. things, like to get it all done in one day. would be like like, done. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, we thank you so much for coming on the podcast and just sharing your journey, your personal journey um, of moving from being in the kind of the corporate world to starting your own business, sharing some accounting tips with us and helping us get started. Um, Our businesses started off well. So thanks so much for joining us. And we'll have all of Barbara's links in the show notes so you can check her out there. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It was so wonderful. Enjoyed speaking with both of you. Thanks for joining us for today's breakdown. If this episode has empowered you, please leave a review and share with a fellow CEO. Remember, you are the expert of your business. So break it down your way.